I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am one of your co-hosts, AR. And I'm the Lioness. Before we get started with updates, definitely I've been meaning to do this the past couple of episodes, but things have been, well, they haven't been hectic. I have been on vacation, so I... So by the time we record, I've been tired and I just haven't felt like doing it, but we're going to do it now because May is about to be over and we're about to be in a whole new month. So I'm going to give a shout out to all of our patrons for the month of May. Shout out to Dominique. Shout out to Lee Player, my cousin. Shout out to Ann Mitchell. Shout out to Tamara. Shout out to Ashley Coleman. Shout out to Quinn Winstead. Shout out to Angelo Keys. Shout out to Alani. Shout out to Alexandra Erica Carter. Shout out to Mateo. We had um, them on the show. Shout out to Jada Amina Harvey. Shout out to Kim Oliver. Shout out to Kida. Shout out to Safari. Shout out to Muteba. Shout out to T with Queen and J. Shout out to your line sister and soror, Naomi. Shout out to Marie Jensen. Shout out to B. Lynn. Shout out to Destiny. Shout out to All About D. Shout out to Abby. Shout out to Sean Sean Henson. Shout out to Preston Carter. Hey, boo. Shout out to Maddie Wyland. Shout out to Oyen. Shout out to Carrie A. Shout out to Lila Lafayette. Shout out to Deborah Harris. Shout out to I Am Kevin Wendell. And last but not least, shout out to Reggie. Those are, those are all of our patrons for the month of May. Uh, if you would like to become a patron, go on over to our Patreon page. You can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. We have a whole bunch of stuff coming up this summer. Uh, we announced it last week on the show. We are starting our Box Summer 512 Summer Book Club which will begin in the month of June. Our first book that we are reading is Revelations by Bevy Smith. We will we will follow that by having, let me pull it up now, we'll be having our our first our first group speak back on the book talking about what we got from the Revelations book and just having a community conversation exclusively on Patreon for our level three patrons. So you have to pay $10 to be a level three. The Lioness and myself will be going live on Saturday, June 5th at 8 p.m. for our level 10 patrons to discuss the book and discuss the things that we learn and the things that we love about the book. So make sure, sure y'all save that date 
make sure y'all go to Amazon or to a Black-owned bookstore and buy Revelations by W. Smith or buy the audiobook, listen to it, read it, because we will be discussing it on Saturday, June the 5th at 8 p.m. So make sure um, you're there and you have to be a patron to be a part of this conversation. We'll be able to talk about the book. You can interact directly with myself and the lioness and we're going to have a good time. And I don't want to, I'm not going to ruin anything for anyone, but for those of you who want to know if it's a good read, The Lioness is halfway there, and oh my God, can Bevy tell a story. And for those of you who are interested, this is an opportunity for those of us that are entrepreneurs, for those of us that are Black women that have had to overcome things. Honey, when I tell you, Beverly, Beverly Smith has told quite a story, Miss Bevy, and I thank her, thank you, thank you, thank you. One thing that's very exciting, really fast, girl, really fast shout out to her because she gave us a shout out on the computer um on instagram she was on twitter on twitter i'm sorry she -hmm. found out about our book club opportunity and she actually said that she was so honored and just to know that someone of that caliber is listening to us and to know how amazing her story is and by the way guys if you do get the audiobook on apple books She's narrating and she does a wonderful job. And so, but um, Bevy, if you're listening, I love you, I love you, I love you. And your journey has inspired me. And for those of you who are interested in getting a good read, this book is amazing. Yeah, so again, the date for that, the date for that book review, talk back, whatever y'all want to call it, will be Saturday, June the 5th at 8 p.m., exclusively for our level three patrons on our Patreon page. So make sure June 1, you're going over to the Patreon, you donate the $10 and you will, you will be there right in the center for us to um, discuss this book as a community. You'll be able to have access to us and it'll be like doing an interactive live show, taking it back to last summer when we used to do those. So shout out to Bevy for uh, retweeting our tweet promoting our book club on Twitter. Shout out to her. And we're going to have a good time. And shout out to our patrons that have been supporting us. Shout out to all of the fabulous opportunities that have been coming our way. It's just, a, it's a, we have a lot of fab stuff in the pipeline. We've been working hard over a year and we are now starting to see the fruits of our labor. And it's just, it, it's about, it's about building community and sharing the wealth, honey, and, and creating community. So I'm here for it. Also, before I go into updates, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, write a review. Also, if you if you feel a certain type of way about any episode that you listen to and you want to respond directly to us, make sure you send us emails at box number five so podcast at gmail.com. Our email is written in the show notes as well. Make sure, sound off in the comments. We've given y'all some bad episodes, some interesting topics, had some interesting guests. And you can respond from an episode as late as last year or our first episodes. Any reactions that you had to any topic that we have talked about, feel free to write. Tell us how it made you feel. Tell us if you lived for it. Tell us if you didn't like it. X questions if you have them this platform is for y'all is for the people and we will read it on the show so we need y'all to send in those letters and engage with us so let's get into updates do you want to go first sis? i do so update 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 um 
You know, I always feel like when I'm in this update moment that I have to like figure out what happened because so much happens. And there are moments where I am um, confused sometimes in this moment, like what, because so much happens in the course of a life. But I will say this week has been okay. Um, I have had people in my life going through various different things. So when I say, I don't know what to say, it's because there's ups and there's downs and there's lefts and there's rights, but at the end of it, I'm still here and I'm okay. I'm holding it in the road. I don't really have um, a lot going on that is, is particularly vexing to me right now. And I guess that's good, but I'm standing in the gap in prayer for, and I'm um, consulting with and um, talking to a lot of people that are in various changes in their life right now. And so it's just powerful, I guess, to be in the place that I'm in that people can see, see, see me as a safe haven and a place that a place that people can come talk to. But on the flip side, it gives me a little bit of anxiety to be concerned about my friends and, and, and wondering if, you know, in the midst of all that the world is, that they're going to be okay. And so it's bittersweet, but I am having a good week. What about you, sis? Um... Well, I'm doing better today. So last week I was really sick with sinus issues. The weather has been up and down. The past couple of days have been super hot, but it's just been up and down. So last week I was really sick and it got really bad on Saturday just with my sinuses. And like, as I've gotten older, my sinuses have just gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, just a lot of congestion, sore throat, coughing. Now I'm at the stage where I'm coughing up phlegm and my throat is irritated, but you can't, it's just something that you can't rush. You just have to let your body um, do what it's going to do. So that sucked. But I was feeling better enough on Sunday that I went, I rented a car and I went to one of my friend's graduations parties. Shout out to my friend. Armani, he is a guy that I worked with a couple of summers ago at a civil rights law firm, cishet black man, young, uh, Ivy League educated, just a really nice, just a really nice person. And um, I actually got to see him when I was in New Orleans. We just happened to be in New Orleans at the same time. And we got breakfast together and we've kept we've kept up with each other, kept in touch with each other over the years. Just just because he he was still in law school as I finished and I was able to tell him about different processes and just connect him to different people. But it's just it's just really nice being able to connect and celebrate him and also just be being friends with like a cishet black man that is that is just cool and it's just regular and that me being trans is not this big thing but and in my personal life i something that i i don't want to necessarily say i want to work on this but something that i i do want to work on having if not having more like close intimate like black cis hat men friends just having them more as associates just because I don't know I just feel like it's a different side of myself that I need to develop as a person and now as a, a legal professional and I don't know it's just an, it's, it's it's an experience that I want that I'm open to 
and, and something that is not romantic or sexual attention, somebody that is platonic, that is strictly a friend, and that we're genuinely invested in each other's success. And I'm so proud of him. He's such a, he's such a good person. And me, I don't, especially when it comes to Black cis head men, you're not going to see me hanging around you or wanting to befriend you if you're just a bad person and it's just nice to know that I'm connected or I'm in community with somebody that is a good person he invited me to um some of his friends out this in the DC area threw him a um, graduation party and I just I went to the party and we just had, we had a good time we ate I met some of his friends that he worked with and now it's it's also interesting because now with with things starting to open back up and COVID is still here, but COVID is, the restrictions are going down. Now people are starting to be social again. And now I'm at the, I'm at this place in my professional life and my personal life where I'm in this profession, I'm in this industry. And now I have to start being social again in a, a, not in a virtual way, but in an actual person way. And part of that means me having to go to events, particularly um, illegal events, like Black legal events with cishet people, and I'm the only trans person in the line, and just trying to get out there and make new friends and make new contacts and build my confidence up. And it's, just, it's, a, it's an interesting space to be in, but I, I, I'm here for being outside because unfortunately just being a lawyer is a social profession and it's just something that you have to do. And I'm happy to say that I had I had a pleasant experience. I didn't, usually there's anxiety when you go to like a cishet space and you're the only trans person. Because I know my friend and I know he wouldn't put me in a situation like that. I kind of didn't have that hesitation, but the people that were there, it was it was like black people, but it like it was like black perfect young professionals, and it wasn't like a nigga nigga event where this was like hood people and like the people were very professional, very pr- respectful, and I was mainly interacting with the men, and the men were I don't know if they caught tea or not. But they were interacting in a way with me where they, I don't think that they caught C, but you know, it's, you just gotta be, you just gotta put yourself out there and just see what happens. And the best thing is you'll have a story to tell about it. Ooh, sorry, girl. I was listening to your narrative. Um, What I find it provocative about what you said before I go into, before we go any further is the idea that it's like, when we sometimes when we think about the okay, what does my dream life look like? We look at the job, we look at the house, we look at the car, we don't look at the relationships, we don't look at the co-workers, we don't look at the colleagues, we're not looking at the 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 societies or the clubs, we're not looking at the um the community around what you do. And as a lawyer, I know. You know, I know you to be someone that is great at the actual task of it, but like you said, because of COVID and the way you graduated and kind of entered into the field, this is like a, a whole new world for you. But I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself with your friend. Um, you told me about it pre this, and I just, just you, you when you first had it, you had like a like a kind of a giggle in your spirit, and I'm glad that you're back. Well, it was because I didn't. Even before we pulled up, you know how when you go to like a cis event and you're just like nervous because you're just like, 
girl. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're gonna find tea. Somebody gonna find tea. My hair, my hair is blonde now, so it's gonna be easier for them to find tea. Um, how are they gonna react? How is the train gonna react? Are they gonna? Is there gonna be that moment where they act like they don't interact with me or ignore me? How are the system gonna like? When I was driving to the event, like I had a little bit of that nervousness, but I was just like, I'm here for my friend. I'm gonna go in and have a good time. And you know, whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen. And then when I went in, it was the total opposite, uh, like opposite in a way where the people were just like, hey, how are you? What do you like? What do you do? Da da da. And then the most of the time, my friend was with me because, like, since he's not from DC, he didn't know a lot of the like, he knew some of the people, but he didn't know everybody. So he was with me, and he, and then it was a number of people from Baltimore. So like, even if a piece of, even if one of the pieces did catch tea or felt uncomfortable about me, I don't know. The fact that we could be able to bond and talk about being from Baltimore, it kind of like melted anything. If that happened, I don't even think that happened because the the man was just talking to me and it was rapping and then a Kappa came over and he was a lawyer. And then when he found out I was a lawyer, we were just talking, we exchanged him. So it was a very, like, it was very chill. It was very, and it kind of is inspiring me, okay, I, and this is not to say that I'm not ever going to never experience transphobia, but it's just like part of it is you have to be out there and you have to play the game and you kind of just have to go with the flow and just you just sometimes part of the part of the test is just showing up and just letting whatever is going to happen happen. That's all you can do. And not and not allowing your fear of what could happen to keep you from enjoying and being present in the moment. Because one thing I was I think when we were talking about it previously, I was saying. I have found as a girl that is very quickly thrown into a very heterosexual environment. I have found on a moment's notice, okay, I didn't, it's not like I get prepared, I be thrown in. And I have found that you just have to walk in with the confidence and that uh, with the confidence because I feel like the clocking that a lot of us feel comes from us kind of almost like what Brianna said falling into the trap of you're preparing for the clock. So then you <laughs> turn into the space kind of timid tease. <laughs> right. You know, giving what is going on, pussy, and you end up clocking yourself. So uh, the goal in those situations is not to go in with that spirit, that young transitioning spirit of hesitancy. And for the young girls out there, that's no shade. But this will always get you got, mama. Because unless you robbed a bank, why are you hiding? What's going on? So let's just remember to be ourselves and be open and be free and be, be you know, because when you when you give it, they're going to receive it. And I found that to be. Now, make no mistake. She was still painted. I was lightly painted. But I would, girl, you, you said, whenever you go into a cishet situation, you got to go in with the armor of God, bitch. And you that's always, what they said. You, you have to have you got, you got to go in with the armor. Of, I was I was lightly painted. I didn't do an intense contour. I did a light contour. I didn't do the intense. But you did the, a light. You did cut a light cheek. Yeah, a light cheek. I did. You know, I I didn't do an, a deep blush. I did like a lot of blush to bring some flavor to my face. But I, girl, because you know you 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 got to be polished but not you, you can't you can't give stage performance so i I, yeah, I was lashed down 
But um, no, I, I had a good time. I look forward to going some more. And like I said, these type of black people wasn't, they weren't the type of, like, it wasn't like a nigga nigga party. These wasn't the type of, like, black people where I had to, like, been like niggas is like rolling blunts on the table, even though blunts were smoke, but like putting guns on the table and like it was like it wasn't a hood banshee set. Um, but you know it like you just you just you just have to be open, have an open heart, and be willing to conversate with people. Be willing to shake some hands, conversate, talk about what you do. Just be open and. And at the end of the day, whether you clock or not, I know I'm a good person. So you're you will be able to have a conversation with me, and you will generally find me likable um, as a person, whether you find me or not. So and it is what it is. What I was saying earlier, I don't want y'all to think it's superficial. People can feel when you don't like yourself or when you're insecure about yourself, and then that gives them permission to prey on that insecurity. When you give that you're not going to be bothered, a lot of times people won't even bother to try. Because it's, it's not going to work. Even if I was confused, I'm not even going to bother her because she's in her vibe. When you're in your vibe, people don't like to fuck with it. So it's good. Get and, my friend, and my friend was very, he was very happy that I showed. And like, sometimes you have to show up for people so that they will return the favor and show up for you. It's just like, you just have to, you just have to do that in front. And I was like, in the back of my head, I was like, man, I'm a sick. I don't know if I'm going to go, but then I, I pray. I was like, if God wants me to be here to support my friend, I will feel good enough that I want to go. And from that Sunday, Saturday, when I was feeling like shit to that Monday, I felt a little like way much. I wasn't a hundred percent, but I was much better to the fact that I could go to this event and be social. And I'm like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna step outside because part of me not trying to talk myself out of it was that you know dysphoria and stuff that we all we all have, and it you know it fluctuates. You know, some days I can control it, but some days I. But you just you just have to be open and just go for the ride. You know. Yeah. But yeah, shout out, shout out to my friend Armani. I, I'm calling it now. I think he's if he is if he doesn't become a judge, he's going to be a president or something. He just has that candor about himself. But shout out to him. Um, and you know, I'm on the path of making more cishet black men for not too many because some of y'all be some of y'all once y'all do before in the trans person, y'all want to use us to work through all of y'all issues. I'm not. I'm here for a mutually beneficial friendship. I'm not your therapist. I'm not, you know, Eon the like I and also for you to work through your transphobia and your weird I'm not here for that shit. Like I'm here for friends where you know we can <laughs> grow together as friends and be social and all of so but I am open to because we gotta get out of saying that that mind frame of because of patriarchy. We we just are just disassociating ourselves from all black segment. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause I still like big and men. So right. Or some or sometimes you just need that energy. You just need that energy on a friend level. Just on a friend level. But you know, life is a journey and I'm open to making the connection. So we are going to transition into our main topic. So, so this is a lioness takeover. So, 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 so. I want to start out by 
acknowledging my paraphernalia today. So for those of you who know me, who see me on social media, who have, because I have several pictures on social media, I've done podcasts in my paraphernalia. If you've been a friend of my life and you've been around me recently in the last year since I've had this part, this paraphernalia, I wear my rock my shit because I am a Joe Budden podcast fan. So yes, this is the Joe Budden episode, y'all. Now, I... You didn't see this one coming. <laughs> I know you didn't see this coming. Now, I am a very big Joe Budden fan. My sister, not so much. However, we initially, you know, I, I knew this was happening and I was kind of imploding in my own little world. And I have so many opinions and thoughts and, and I, there's a lot going on and I'll get to it in a moment. But there was so much on what's going on recently with his podcast and with Joe the person that... I didn't feel like I would ever have a place to vent it. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, like this is something I watch every day. I pay, and I'm going to say I'm a $25 patron. Okay? I, I, I invest money a month <laughs> because I, as a, as a content provider myself, I support other content providers and I have been a fan for years. Um, with that being said, this is the Nailia. And the Nailia features the members of the podcast. So very recently, Joe, here in the middle, Joe and his colleagues, Rory and Maul, all have this podcast together and they also have Parks, which is an off-camera, but an equally as important member. I'm a member of the Parks Hive, for those of you who watch. I'm a member of the Parks Hive also, so shout out to Parks on the Ox and all that. I love him. Um, and Rim, his girlfriend. It's a whole experience. This podcast, I feel like, features the life and the times of a man who is the problem, everyone's problem. From He's like the problematic baby daddy. He's the problematic guy that a lot of got a lot of people in the world have a lot of opinions about. He's done all of the terrible things that we would associate with niggas that just ain't shit. And he's told a lot of his own truths. And I is there something about me and the ability to want to see redemption that allows me to look at someone and regardless um, not because he's not my man, right? He's not in my life. But following his journey is interesting because I do see the arc of a person. I do know and believe that he still has toxic ways. But what I discovered in the journey with Joe was a commonality in the men that I have been around in my life, that I counsel on the phone. And as a woman that listens to their podcast, I find it to be an experience akin to driving to a toxic hood barbershop. Yes, you already know they come in with conspiracy theories and things that ain't making sense and all of the funds and the jazz and the opinions on hip hop and who they think they can ball better than when all of them overweight. You know, you can, it's all of that, all of that that you get out of a barbershop situation, but it is contained in this format 
And for me, it informs, for me, to, to be honest, it really does inform how I receive how men are talking about what's going on in the world. So as someone that is a content creator and that sometimes speaks to what I'm observing men do, I want to also catch them when they're not necessarily engaging women in more in combat on the computer, but rather in their vulnerable places when they're with their friends. The dynamic of this podcast that, that made it so brilliant was that these gentlemen were also his personal close friends, which is why the recent events are very problematic. So very recently, um, I will say as of episode, so I'm an episode girl, but episode 436, I believe, um, there was a kerfluffle. Or was it 437? I think 436. Yeah, 436 was when he explained what was going on with Rory and Maul. So I think it was episode 436. It was posted up on the computer. And it basically was Joe sitting by himself with the absent these two. And he's finally making the declaration that things didn't work out. And he's explaining the timeline on how things didn't work out. He was very, very thorough in explaining, almost going back a few years, conversations about how money would go down, how there would be issues about how money was being um, um, handled or rather the communication about money. There were conversations about, uh, there were lack of conversations about rules and responsibilities. He obviously was also going through some other boundary issues with these gentlemen. It was getting to the point where the tension was bad on the podcast and as much as I was rooting for the podcast, it was a miserable, kind of becoming a miserable experience to get through. Like people, because one thing we do know about podcasting, particularly when we are, have a group or a collective, is that chemistry matters. So the chemistry was being affected. Prior to episode 436, where Joe told us that Maul and Roy were no longer a part of the podcast, and we'll get to how he did that in a moment, Prior to that episode, there was a period of about, I think it was six weeks. There was four weeks of them in like a, I guess you would call it a walkout protest slash I don't want to come to work until they got to, and I think they were using it as a leverage point for business. And the point was, we feel like we're profit sharing partners. We would like to get more um, information about what's going on with the business. And we would also like to have the opportunity to be more than what we are currently. Now, well, the reason why I said they thought they were profit sharing partners is because in the fallout of all of this, we realized that some of this information and uh, is, you know, is not corroborated. Joe feels differently about how they felt about the situation. What I understood, though, was there was a lot of different factors in here that Brianna and I could talk about today and relate to as podcasters, as content creators, and most importantly, as businesswomen. We also are friends. So we thought that this Joe Budden situation would be a good case study. Now, I'm aware for those of you who are listening that there's more to this story and I will get to Olivia Dope later. But I want to first talk about just the interplay and the dynamic between these gentlemen and why it led to the, the breakdown. So there was an issue about money, not necessarily that monies weren't getting paid because now both of these gentlemen admitted they got money, they got paid. They just felt like there was more 
that they didn't know about that they wanted accounting on. They were throwing around the word accounting and they wanted to conduct an audit, which is a word that they were trying to use, but using it incorrectly to try to get more information about what Joe's personal finances and the finance of Joe Budden podcast looked like because they wanted a piece of the pie. They were not cut in on previous deals. So this podcast, which has been going for a while, they had a deal with Spotify, a very contentious deal that was in the media. Joe was in the deal. It went it was good while they were in the deal, but at the end of the deal, he shared that Spotify was not very supportive, that Spotify was not trying to give them information, that Spotify was trying to devalue their brand, and he had to leave. But Joe claims and has always been a champion of the underdog, a champion of the entrepreneur. So now he has these and these two gentlemen who I think believed at some point that they would become employees from the timelines of everything. So Joe did, uh, you know, fire them on the air. They did a response where they aired out more business, more details about how they feel like they were profit sharing partners and they didn't get this information. In Joe's narrative, he initially painted them as disgruntled employees who simply wanted more but weren't bringing more to the table. And he brought up some very, very valid, valid, valid points. Rory and Maul, the show is named Joe Budden Podcast. And even according to Rory and Maul, Joe Budden is the one that owns the IP. He's the one that pays all of the bills. He's the one that pays the finances. He's the one that pays the rent. He's the one that cuts their checks to them. He's the one that pays Parks to do the sound and engineering. He's the one that paid for the front cost for the stuff on the tour. He's the one that is fronting the money. These gentlemen are bringing great content, a good laugh, but they are not bringing necessarily what he was bringing to the table. And this is just me observing as someone that is a, that's not just a random listener. I've been listening for years. And these people have a kind of a relationship that was kind of that was kind of contentious that was i apologize that was kind of contentious and it was a fun contentiousness so they used to playfully rib each other they would make these laughs they would but they you knew they were friends you could feel that the bedrock of it was friendship and then at some point, I think because of the behind the scenes issue, you could also feel a tension that was mounting in the podcast, which actually made for riveting, entertaining podcasting. So even in conflict, it's like reality TV. A bad episode can be a good episode if the bad episode gave you enough tea and enough shit to where you feel like you want to tune in next week or to the next episode on Wednesday or Saturday, whenever you'll wait for the next episode to actually see what's going on. So that actually drives numbers. But eventually it implodes if you don't have that relationship because ultimately they did not have a meeting of the minds. One person was contributing far more to the brand. Also, when they would make deals, people were contacting Joe. They would contact Joe. That Joe would be the person that they wanted on the paraphernalia. Even when they did the Spotify deal, Joe shared and they corroborated to a certain extent that Spotify was only engaging with him and only wanted him on the original 
paraphernalia. The paraphernalia that I have on was bought at the right before their Spotify deal, but they believed that they would be on the billboard and the in the promo for the podcast, and Spotify did not want that. It was Joe that advocated for his friends to get that more prominent position. I'm only bringing that up because I know some, if you're a Joe fan, some of you might say I'm dick riding. And I might be because I can relate in this moment to you being someone that is the organizer of shit, that brings shit together, that's troubleshooting. Meanwhile, other people have the ability to kind of come and go and not really, but they're not contributing financially. They're not making, they're not even 50-50 in decision-making. And ultimately for me, what I saw and what I observed in this situation is they were very much employees of the Joe Budden brand. They were employees that desired more and deeper connection. And they thought, because Joe is Mr. I'm all for the entrepreneur, that, that he would give them that additional deference. But here's the reality. If I fronted all the money for my shit and it was my idea and I brought you on, no matter how early on I brought you on, yes, if we agreed and you had lawyers and I had lawyers and we sat down and we came up with a contract and you negotiated to get what you wanted and we agree on a number, I'm not going to feel bad later if you realize, oh shit, I wish I valued myself higher. I, you're scamming me. You're conning me. We had an opportunity to negotiate. We signed terms and I'm paying you exactly what we agreed on. The issue that they are having though is, is that as Joe acquired more deals, they weren't necessarily given what they felt was a fair opportunity to be a part of that bargaining process and a fair opportunity to renegotiate their salary commiserate with what's going on. So you can't really negotiate your salary if you don't know what your boss is getting in, especially in that kind of business. What I hear here is a bad structure. What I hear in this situation is bad communication on all parties because it was a blow to the podcast and to the flow of everything. And I, Joe now has a network. Joe now also has staff, Savon, Screen Man. Um, 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 shoot, what's his name? Um, Savon, Screen Man. Um, I'm, so, I'm going to be so mad at forgetting him, but I think he's the cameraman and I forget his name. But um, Scream Man's name is Alex, by the way. Shout out to Alex. But they, everybody has like a role. Like it's a thing. It, even the behind the scenes people have parts that they play, laughs that they inside jokes, support people, their own little hives, people that love them. And so it is a very, it's not just about Joe. But in the situation with Rory and Maul, they overvalued themselves because they didn't necessarily bring that much extra to the flow. Rory more so than Maul, because Maul was just kind of like a bump on the log. Maul was very not invested. He would always be on his cell phone. He wasn't Maul, would be on his cell phone. Maul is Big's brother. So Big, the guy that helped found Rockefeller, this is his baby brother. But Maul has had a sheltered life, and you can tell. And Maul does not have a lot of relatability to a lot of people other than a certain type of nigga that's more, more concerned about with that shit gay and fashion. 
okay? What kind of shoes are those? Like, he's that kind of nigga. Rory is the kind of man that was, he, he was good at um, segues in the conversation. He was good at, you know, um, kind of going back and forth with Joe. They kind of were more intellectual equals. And he was also the white boy that really could identify with black culture. He's a Kappa. He also, you know, so he kind of was a white, was the Irish white boy that could identify and relate to culture. And I feel like he did, his presence did help Joe go mainstream, particularly when he himself, as I said earlier, is a very controversial figure. The concern though, in all of this for me, is that I want to make sure that Joe while his podcast did keep going, so during the break, he brought in two new guys, Ice and Ish, and I'm going to do that little drop, new Ice and Ish, mm. and it's this little drop, and if you know, watch the show, it's hilarious, they laugh every time it's played, it's so pornographic sounding, but it's their drop, and one of their, um, um, I would say label mate, but one of their network mates recorded the drop, one of the women from the female podcast, that, or the woman's podcast that Joe has. She recorded that new Ice and Ish. Mm. And it's just, everybody lives and it's like a, a thing. But Ice and Ish came on the show and they hit it right out of the park. They're an older group of guys um, and they're both African-American, older group of guys. And they have a little bit more life experience. Joe, Rory is young. Rory just turned 30. And Maul is older, but very sheltered. So it kind of came, the podcast kind of stayed at a low vibration. And that's also Joe, but I guess there were moments where if you watch the show, Joe would be trying to have a deeper conversation and they would gay joke it up or he would sarcastic the conversation. It was like they were his antagonists and they antagonized him and they got him to rant and he argued with him, but it wasn't good fun. At the end though, business wasn't handled properly. None of these people, in my opinion, had a meeting of the minds. I don't know what, they did not have contracts in the beginning. And I think that's a problem. Now, I, when you're with your friends, you start things. But particularly because Joe already had this business going before he brought them in. He even had a female co-host originally that they fell out, Marissa. Um, she also did a tell-all during this time. We're not getting into Marissa, girl. You, you, you were five years ago, six years, however long ago. No, ma'am, you're not getting a moment now. What we were not, but before we go into Livia Dope, I would like for Brianna, if you could come back on a moment, I want to have a little talk about what we just talked about regarding business and podcasting and what is your thoughts on the situation? Because I know you ran into this on your own. So what are your thoughts and how do you feel about the conversation I was having about the meeting of the minds with friends? Um, that was a lot. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me that's, that's the sinuses no so I had heard about the, the situation so clearly this was all over the news last week yeah. and I knew that I was eventually going to dig deeper because I know how much you live for Joe Biden I know how much you live for the show so I thought that it was only right for me to just like figure out like what 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 is the root of, because it was just so many stories and I needed, you know, me being the logical thinker, I needed to see the logical progression of what happened. And then I watched the video on Impressive where they were able to piece um, everything in order. And I was like, oh, this is a bad mistake. 
this is bad and I know that Samaya is probably feeling some type of way and she needs oh, some space to, to process and unpack this. But this should also be an episode so people can get to know a little bit more about you and your taste and your likes. Because like I said, you really like the show. We had a sister argument um, over the show and it, now I, I can look back on it and it was a key. It was around that time when um, Nicki Minaj went on there for... Um, I can't. Was she promoting Queen? No. It was something where it was, from, it was a mashup. It was a, a Queen Ready. T- it was a. They did a, a swap. He went Child, on Queen Radio. I don't know what went on Joe Budden. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck she was doing over there. I don't really dislike. I don't have anything against him. He's not my cup of tea. But one of my favorite podcasts, The Read, um, Crystals does not care for him. So I'm kind of I'm kind of biased because Crystals is my girl. But um yeah, child, that 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 was a day. Um, but I don't know. I, I just it's hard. It's hard doing business with friends. It's hard. It's hard doing business with friends because everything is fun and games in the beginning. But then once, not even once money gets involved, but once like a high value or a high sum of money gets involved that's when um, shit starts to change and that's when you start to see folks' true colors and true intentions. I, I feel two ways about this. I, I agree with everything you, you said. This is this is Joe Biden's show. It's his name. The, sh- the show was a thing. It was an institution before these other two people came onto the show. It's a fact. And also... If you're getting paid something, you agree to get paid that, and you can't you can't agree to something at one point, um, and you're going to get paid for a certain amount of time, and then turn around once you find out some other information and be like, oh well, I feel like I should be getting more when you agree to the original thing. I feel that type of way about it, but on the other side, I do. <coughs> If somebody is my friend, and even if we like, even if let's say for instance, me and you were to fall out over business or something happens, like let's say because anything could happen, if we fall out because we are really because because we're business partners, but also because we are friends and sisters. It's just a certain way. I'm just. It's a certain way that I'm not going to handle you in public. I'm not, especially if I think that there is some point in the future where we can be friends or let time pass or or resolve everything. And I, in watching the video, I do. Though Joe is the face, though he built the house, I still think it's a little bit of ego involved with how he carried them. If these two were your friends. It's just it's just a certain way you carry people that you are friends, the people that you say you are your friends, people that you say that you love, and even though you built the house, you weren't doing you weren't doing it by yourself, right? It's a, it's a way you can give people credit and give. It's a way that you can be the innovator but also give people credit for the role and the part that they play. 
in your success or in the success of the overall um, ecosystem. And I kind of, I kind of don't, I, I kind of don't like, I don't know, as, as somebody, for me, as somebody that is <coughs> every day working on like challenging, like how capitalism shows up in my life and try, like trying to practice uh, anti-capitalistic um, politic, I, I, I kind of have to work through, or, or I am working through like, I'm working through wanting to be a boss, wanting to have control, wanting to have my money, but also not feeling like it has to all be about me or, it, or it, it's, only, it's only about my success and about the power that I can wield over people. I'm, I'm all about, um, I'm trying to evolve to a place where there is communal power and communal sharing of resources and stuff like that. And, and I think part of me like unlearning or trying to evolve away from the capitalistic mindset is acknowledging that you, like no one is a success by themselves. Like nobody is a success, but like, and if you're going to be successful, you need help. Like you, you just, you, it can't, it can't, it can't just be all about you. It just can't, it can't be all about you. Everybody can't be the beyond, like, like, and when we talk, even when we talk about somebody has to be the Beyonce in the group, like just how like white supremacy is just like how that informs like, like well, why does one person have to be, why does it only have to be a beyond? Like, why can't we all be out here, be successful or be playing? Or why can't it be something where I'm the leader and then the, the dynamic shifts and then you can lead. And then, then like, what? I'm all about egalitarian leadership. I don't understand why human beings, or at least in Western society in particular, we are intent and determined that the only way for anything to work is for somebody to be over somebody. And in this friend dynamic, I feel like that's what Joe was more than what he did. It's how he did that was the problem for me. What were you about to say, sis? Yeah. And to, to, bring, to bring all of that back to Joe, I think part of being a leader or as part of what I'm, I'm learning and what, you know, I'm trying to incorporate into my practice. Like when you're in business, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict. There's going to be differences of opinions, different perspectives that have to be worked out and they have to be armed out. I'm, I'm more interested, even though I don't, you know, I don't dislike y'all, I don't care for the platform or whatever, but I'm more interested in seeing a resolution where Joel, Rory and Mal could have worked it out and everybody could have got what they wanted and they still could have went on with the show with them three had they worked through that situation and, or even if they could have worked through the situation, they could have ended it, but still been able to maintain their friendship. But now you, you, yeah, you built it, but you're on your ego trip. And you find a player. And you, and you have all of this money, you have all of these things, you have all of this control, but at what cost? 
now you're out you're now you now you don't have these the friendship of these two people that were clearly important enough for you to have them for however long you had them years of friendship so not only years of friendship it was years of business together so though in the end everybody likes to paint it like it was such a problem clearly there was love there clearly there was friendship there and though no joe nonchalantly now will say you know, mealy, um, mealy ass, a measly ass Rory and this and then the third, you love them boys. And you will eventually see that there's more than one cost in business. There's not just the actual cost. There's also the emotional opportunity cost of how you treat your friends and with the, and with the decisions that you made in this case in particular, how you let them go, you're going to reap that. That's going to double back because this is your support system. So believe your other friends are also watching how you handle them because you don't rock with people, fuck with people, claim people, put yourself on shirts with people and do business with people for all them years for you to handle them like they are disposable. I am not about that. I am, I have my own abandonment issues around people making me feel disposable, which is why I'm a motherfucking entrepreneur now and I'm not looking for no job right now. It's because... I am in that place where if I do get an opportunity and it comes my way, cute, but I'm not looking for it because entrepreneurship is important to me because I know what it is to want to, to feel like there's no possible way for me to get equity in this, but I'm also expected to participate and perform in a way that's making you money. I know what that's like and I can relate to that. And so while there's the businesswoman in me can understand why Joe would be like, I didn't do you wrong. So you walking off your job is a problem for me. It's not like we're beefing because you're not getting paid. Rory and Maul said it's not that they were beefing about anything that was real. They were more beefing off of the principle of the matter. So you don't, so the idea, now this is where Joe, and this is my advice to any content creators that may find yourself in that situation. The way to, the way to prove your equity is not to walk off your job. Because when you leave, particularly in a situation like this, where they were trying to tell, they were um, content creators and we're building something and we've now hired these people and now we now have a team, which means we have payroll. If you say you're an equity partner and that you are invested in this brand and we have a million, a million dollar deal with, or a multi, $100,000 deal, a million dollar deal with Cash App. We have a deal with all these other things that are now associated with this podcast. You do realize that you walking off as a negotiation tool to prove your worth does not build good rapport with the rest of the team. There's now 30 employees tied to this one podcast that's, that now won't, are, their, their finances are in jeopardy because you're trying to prove your worth. So in your proving your worth, you force the man to go and get two replacements and then you were gone for a month. A whole month <laughs> while you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do. And, I, and the point was, we're not coming back unless we get a certain, I guess, certain amount of information or whatever. That's a terrible negotiating tool because ultimately that's why you have lawyers. That's why you have attorneys. That's why you have people that an agent that are supposed to be doing that for you in the background. And if you did, and they did have those people because they talked about how their lawyers and their agents and their people, everybody's throwing these words around in the argument. Okay, so if you have a lawyer and you have an agent and you have these representatives, you use your representatives to contact his representative and you let the professionals handle it. 
especially if y'all are friends. Part of the problem is, is that both of them seem like they were having mixed conversation. And I get it. I get it. As, as businesses grow, there does become a time where there's a different kind of level of conversation. And there does become a time where we involving other people. And I see how that could become stressful. But I think that this was a piss poor opportunity on their part to actually show their worth by coming to work, showing that you were concerned about the team, actually building a proposal for how you can bring more business in so that you can get equity partnership. Because ultimately they didn't like the fact that they were collecting what amount to a paycheck. Meanwhile, he's the, the network. And when he got his deal with Patreon, it became very clear to them that they were employees. And ultimately they were bob mad about that. And I feel like, you know, they may have had a right to be mad. I'm sure there were probably private assurances drunken conversations, car rides and all that shit where Joe told him, yeah, man, we're going to do this. We're going to be rich. But ultimately on paper, they didn't have that relationship. And I feel like the, the, the what you don't do is make make it to where it's easy for Joe to say, you're in, you're in breach of your contract. Now I don't have to pay you nothing. So now you're negotiating from a nothing place for more money when you were getting a regular check. So... Um, girl, I don't know what I, I got. The, girl, I don't know, but anyway, so um, I just feel like I wanted to talk about this particular part separate because there's more, y'all. Of course, there's more. Okay, all right. Um, girl, can can we pause for one second? I think there's a. I, I just want to make sure there's not an emergency happening. Can I, can we pause? So yeah, the next part that is very, 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 very interesting in this story is, is that remember I said earlier that Joe is now a network. He is the head of creator equity, if I'm not mistaken, at Patreon. And around the time that he announced that, he also announced Around the time that he announced that, he announced that he was um, going to start a network and that he relaunched some other podcasts. So around that time, there was another podcast that was launched called See The Thing Is. And it hosts our Mandy, Mandy B, I believe is her name, Bridget, I, Bridget Kelly, and the third on that show was Olivia Dope. Similar setup to Joe Budden's podcast, but from the woman's point of view. If Joe Budden's podcast was the beauty supply, this was the hair salon. They did pretty much the same thing. They covered pop culture from a woman's point of view. You know, they gave the tea. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's this TV? <laughs> girl, girl, try to get my signature, bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> go to cover <laughs> Oh, girl. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, I have to leave in here now. Oh! <laughs> this is how they look. <laughs> 
<laughs> y'all like catching a genuine ass pump, y'all. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> why though? That's so petty. God rest us so much. God rest us. Shit out of that row. Damn. Like, oh girl, it do look like she aged bad, girl. <laughs> like in this other picture, the one where I'm sorry, y'all. I just saw, I just saw this. So, um, so my eyes gonna get back to the story, but the people are sharing this um, meme of Portia and her new um, African fiance next to Florida Ever from Florida Evans from Good Time and Thelma, and it took me out for. I'm sorry because. God forgive me. Lord forgive me. He does wear similarities to Esther Rowe. And it does look like Penny just grew the fuck up. (laughs) Yo. It looks like Penny just now, 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 I guess I can't unsee it. It looks like how Penny looked. So it looked like Penny grew the fuck up. Esther Rowe is just ancient looking. It's it's hilarious. You have to see it to understand where we come from. Okay, girl. I'm sorry, girl. Can't say you, girl. That hard, bitch. You have fell out. Oh, yes, ma'am. So, luckily, I'm very well versed in the topic, so we can get back to it. So, back to the business. The what was I talking about, girl? Um, how the woman's companion show was like the beauty shop and the guy. Yes, the salon. Uh huh. The woman's um show was like the beauty salon, and the three women on the show. So it was two. Um, if I'm not mistaken, both of them are biracial or multiracial women, and then Olivia Dope was the brown, the dark skinned sister. Not brown skin, she was dark skin, beautiful chocolate girl. Now, the three of them, not what's interesting though, anyway, we'll get we'll get into it. The three of them did not have an organic relationship. You could feel that immediately. But they still had a rapport. What was great about it was Mandy has done podcasting for a very long time, and she also um I think has a past as a sex worker. She's done like OnlyFans content. Um, and she now is, tra- she used to also work in live, work in corporate America. And she brings that wealth of information to the podcast. She's done other podcasts. Um, she's a, she's pretty, pretty popular in the podcast world. She's, she's put her dues in. I'll give her that. She's, she's somebody that I, 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 I low key kind of respect it though. Sorry, sorry, Mandy, if you listen. I don't I don't care for her voice. Um and sometimes her her that she yells in a way that just really just kind of fucks up the listening experience of the podcast. And that's just keeping it real. Sorry, girl. You you gotta work on that. Um she gotta work on that. It 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 definitely sometimes is jarring. She be at the top of her lungs. And it's like, since you have the best mics in the game, you really don't have to yell. Because it really, to the point where you can even hear where they're trying to behind, to shout out the parts. You can hear where Parks is behind the scenes trying to like 
balance her with them, and she still be sounding like she's screaming in a whole nother venue. So she got to work on that. However, Mandy has her point of view. She's like the common point of view. The the also she brings a comedic factor. She's the one that does the pussy joke. And that's funny. You know, she's the one in the salon. If we were to compare this to an actual salon, she's that stylist that's going to say the slightly inappropriate thing. But she's also the girlfriend that's going to be the first one to be like, girl, like she's going to give you that girlfriend experience. So she actually brings a lot to podcasting just for that. Now, Bridget, the, the acts kind of as the lead. If, if Joe Budden kind of is the anchor, Bridget in this podcast is the anchor. Bridget is the person that is the best reader of the girls. <laughs> when I say read, I mean actual reading, like reading, like she reads very well. Um, and that's something to be said, particularly when you're podcasting and you're trying to read articles as you're talking and things of that nature. She also is a pretty good talker. She also is a singer. So Bridget sings. So they have this um, freshly squeezed and this little segment that they have and she sings this little yeah she does this little thing she does it's really cool um um so she's a singer she brings that to the podcast and freshly squeezed is their new music segment and they kind of are a pop culture podcast that also talks about music and other stuff but mandy is kind of like the ryan seacresty person she's the one that's going to transition topics she's kind of acts as moderator sometimes and just by and large, you know, she kind of is the glue. Olivia Dope was fucking dope. She saved the podcast. My husband thought it was bullshit. And then um, Olivia became a part of the. I think Olivia might have been a part of it earlier on. But Olivia just brought so much. And there were times where Olivia had a, yeah, that's what it was. Olivia had a health issue that she was dealing with. She had to have a surgery. Um, she's been very open supporter of, um, fibroid research and she had to have some removed and it. She talked about how it changed her life. So for women out there, if you're dealing with fibroids for, or for, even for our, um, um, anyone that may have a uterus that may have fibroids, whether you male, female, or whatever your gender is or expression, she tells a very interesting story about how doctors can miscategorize and you will go through unnecessary suffering and how, and she also talks about the importance of a black doctor. So Olivia Dope brought her medical issues to the table. She brought, she's also a young parent. She also brings to the table, she's a daughter. She also brings to the table this kind of like quirky sex appeal. She's very, she's a, she's a DJ. So she brought her musical ears. She also was the girl that could tell a great joke. She was great at impersonations. Like she can impersonate somebody. She was really good at like the bump moment. Like if somebody would spit something, she could catch it and run with it. And, and what we say in community, she could carry, she carried real good. And I, I thought she was dope. Her name, she lived up to it. She was an amazing addition to the podcast. However, there was, you could start to feel by the tone and the way they talked in the show that they were not being able to talk to Joe in a way that they felt was productive. So Mandy and, and um, um, Bridget have personal relationships with Joe. Bridget brought Olivia to the table. So you can imagine the dynamic of I know him on for, for many years. You know him for many years. We've known each other for many years. 
but this new, but I bring in my friend and I'm the only one that knows her. So you could feel that vibe kind of creep into the podcast. Now, admittedly, it wasn't as good as the guys. Admittedly, sometimes that frozenness, that kind of frigidness that women can have when they're not completely vibing, that kind of would be there. You could feel Mandy and them having conversations. And I'm going to be real. Mandy also over-talked Olivia Dope a lot. A lot. And there were opportunities, there were moments where the fan base, and I'm not saying that the girls played into it, the fan base kind of did this whole light skin, dark skin thing. I also thought it was very weird and odd that Mandy and Bridget would be like, because they had this big old couch and Mandy and Bridget would sit at one end of the couch and almost next to each other with Bridget on a, I mean, excuse me, Mandy would be on a stool and Bridget would be sitting at this end of the couch and then on this end of the couch all the way on the other side would be Olivia. Now Olivia would have her DJ dope kind of outfit and she'd have her headphones and she would always be you know catching the vibes and keeping the vibe in the podcast. She would be one the girl that did the drops and all that like Olivia brought a lot to the space but you could always feel they had a relationship and this is our little this is our friend. Now she dressed better than them. No shade, Bridget, Mandy. You know, I love y'all. She dressed better than them. <clears throat> and she kind of, um, I think, was on purpose very conscious about trying to look a certain way on camera. Whereas Bridget and them will have their days where they're like, bitch, I'm not here for this. I'm just chilling. And Bridget in general, Bridget in general has a very athleisure type of sister style. And Mandy's kind of like, she very much can give you festival t-shirt and jeans, pussy. And Olivia will give you fashion. I give her that. The bitch gave you fashion. So she also gave you something visual. I'm bigging up Olivia and I'm explaining this dynamic because at some point, Olivia left the podcast. She left very abruptly. It was like that episode came on and then we didn't know what happened. Prior to her leaving, though, three episodes prior... There was an episode where Joe got on the episode. Now, you remember me telling you earlier that the girls were saying that they weren't in good communication with Joe productively. So apparently the idea was Joe was like, they, they, they called a staff meeting that they wanted to have before the podcast. And Joe was like, you know what? No, let's record it. Let's run it. So they kind of recorded essentially part of what was like a staff meeting that episode where they were venting to Joe about their concerns, about communication. There was apologies given between the girls because apparently Mandy is a bit, you know, she's a little messy. She would go back and tell Joe things that Olivia said behind her back. So like we're in a group chat and we're talking about the boss. I should be able to go to you, my employee, my, my, we're both employees. And I just ain't a mall situation in Rory. They know they employees. So if we're both employees and we're having a conversation in the chat about our boss or something we don't like, and because you know him personally, you take and show him what I said, bitch, you're messy. Point blank, period. Mandy apologized, though. I think she realized that it was messy and she apologized. So I give her to be the woman to apologize. Now me, you know, once I deem you messy, girl, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fuck with you too tough. But it seems like in that moment, Mandy was honoring herself and saying, you know, 
I probably shouldn't have done that. I took that for granted. I should not have done that. I thought I was helping. I thought I was advocating for you, but I overstepped. She, that's what she said. They were able to have the conversation, but Joe's in the room and alcohol is being poured in abundance. And you can tell that they have been drinking for a while. Now the ladies seem to be relatively sober, but Joe in particular had the air of a man that has been in his sauce. A man in his sauce around pretty ladies, particularly a man with that kind of mentality of Joe, that's not necessarily a negative thing, but you know, that kind of like men that call women bitches, if that makes sense. Like these bitches, or I'm going to get me some bitches. Like men that kind of throw that word around, not that he throws it around all the time, but he's that type, if you get the mentality that I'm saying, he's the type of dude that because of, of, of how society, I guess, has affected him, he definitely sees women away. These are the type of men that will say they're types of women. This is this type of girl. This is that type of girl. And you got to treat these girls differently. These are the people that will qualify how they treat women in their life. They will fight for a sister, but then curse this bitch out because sometimes a bitch got to get cursed out. Like they have different views on how women are. And those contradictions are present in our brothers and our family members and our cousins, which is why I don't cancel Joe. Because I'm aware that that is not just coming in a vacuum. And that he's the number, at one point, he was the number one podcast for almost two years on Spotify. That's for a reason. He's not just speaking in a vacuum. And we have to get to the point where we can hear dissenting opinions, where we can listen to what other people are saying, even if it's not about us or if it is about us, listen to how their point of view is. Because sometimes I'm able to think around what would ordinarily be an obstacle for me as a woman because I've been, I allow myself to be not emotionally invested sometimes when I'm taking in content from male content providers. I remove my personal emotions and I'm able to receive a different point of view. And sometimes when, when I'm even addressing something with my own husband or men in my life, because I'm able to remove myself emotionally when listening to content, I'm able to pull the nuggets I need to arm myself in conversations and say, hey, so I know why you feel this way, this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and this is the way that I think would be more affirming for all of us. Because I understand why you feel this way. And sometimes my husband even says, he's like, you know, you're very insightful. And I credit it to, I don't just listen to women talk about women's issues. I don't listen to just anybody talk about any issues. I'm very much that girl that's going to investigate. So now in the Olivia Dope situation, they're having this conversation. It's on the podcast. It's being recorded like how we're doing right now. Olivia Dope is minding her business. And Joe, because he wants to lighten the mood, because Olivia now has confronted her coworker about running back to Joe, because Joe also in the moment, I think genuinely wanted to connect with the girl. There, it also is revealed they don't talk. So I don't know you well, you're a stranger to me. And in his bonehead kind of typical man shit, and this is not excusing this, actually calling it what it is, typical man, patriarchal, oppressive shit, he thought, I will lighten the mood by hitting on this woman. She don't know me, Bridget know me, Mandy know me. Maybe if I play with her, and a lot of men will harass under the guise of play, play with her. Maybe if I play with her, 
she'll like me better. This is also shows his own a bit of narcissism and inflated sense of ego because the idea that a woman that that a woman's anger can be can be placated with sexual advances is just crazy to me, right? Like that's just insane. But he thought in that moment that if he hit on her or if he flirted with her that he would lighten the mood. So he, as an, and mind you, this is, he's her boss. That's the key point here. He begins to say things like, you know, I want to fuck you, right? This and then the third. Now, in the actual footage that's out, that information and some of the stuff that he said was taken out. It was taken out by the other people in the room, not just who felt like it needed to come out. The reason why I know this information is because Olivia Doe, about three episodes after this bad conversation with Joe, where Joe was hitting on her, they all had a, before they left, everyone checked in with her. Joe checked in and Joe apologized in the moment, but apologies ain't nothing if you just thought, if you just throw it at me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not giving him a pass for the apology, at least that apology. I'm not giving him a pass for the, um, the way that, Olivia Dope broke left. It was because she said she felt in the moment like she did not have the permission to share because all of these people have relationships and she doesn't. So the other two women on the show, they felt her uncomfortability in the moment. And her and Parks, their editor, came to her and asked her, did she want the the, the stuff that Joe said taken out? She said no because she said she did not feel empowered because they all had those relationships just to speak for herself. As a woman, as women, that's a point I want to pull out later. She had the opportunity to address it, was asked if she was okay, and she told everyone she was okay, and she denied, that, or did not want it to be taken out. They told her, no, we're going to take the shit out, girl. We're gonna take the shit out. Like this isn't this is though this not a good look for none of us. And you sound uncomfortable. And if we leave the footage in the video part, people will see that you're uncomfortable. So they just took it all out. So when Olivia Dope left, she didn't say anything to anyone. And three weeks later, she put up this video. And in the video, she goes through the timestamps on that episode. And she shares what Joe said in those moments that were edited out. She actually walks us back through the actual episode. And then she talks about how that culture of harassment made her feel bad as a mom and as a woman. And in the moment, she felt like, I'll just go along to get along, whatever. But it weighed on her. And even though she did three other episodes, her, she said she was mentally disengaged. And it was really foul shit, he said. It was very much, I, you know I'm going to fuck you, right? It was very that. Like, he said that out of his mouth. So he, it, it, she had every right to feel traumatized and triggered. And for a lot of women, the way we react to stuff is that we, we bottle it in. We're, we're used to being nurturers and caring about other people and making the vibe right. She didn't want to ruin the vibe. And that's something that we have to address as women. And I wanted to get to that. That's something that we have to address as women is the ability to advocate for ourselves and not be fuck, fuck a vibe, fuck hurt feelings, fuck the host of the house. If you're at a house party and you feel uncomfortable and you need to cuss a bitch out because they touching your titty, you cuss a bitch out. You know what I'm saying? Like as women, sometimes we be we are afraid to stand in our truth about how we feel in the moment and you don't say nothing and it escalates. Now, even in the podcast that went out, y'all, 
you can see, and even with what they edited, you can see harassment. Even if you just go right now and view that episode of See the Thing Is, you will see that, and it's the one with Joe on the episode. He's only been on there one time with the ladies. You can hear the harassment and see the harassment on the show. But she explained how much deeper it actually went. Now, no excuse for it. Bad behavior. If there was ever a reason to be canceled, this is it, baby. However, the fans are still rocking with him. I feel like Olivia Dope shared her truth in that moment. I, she did not in that moment indicate that she felt necessarily like an ongoing victimization. She did not share that. She did share that she felt like she rectified her issue by leaving and not fucking with Joe, which is something I would do in the same situation. And she acknowledged that he did apologize and all of his staff apologized, but they all, you know, they, they all reached out to her. Now, after she put up her part, Joe and the podcast and the women have all had separate episodes addressing her, addressing the situation, offering their apologies. The actual See the Thing Is podcast had a therapist come on. And to Joe's credit, for what we talked about earlier with Rory and Maul, he went to individual counseling with them together. I mean, they went to counseling off camera to discuss the issue. And after he fucked up their firing, the next episode, he brought a, he brought a, a his therapist on. So seeing Joe interact with his therapist was interesting because you it's good that he has a black woman who can see through his bullshit because she read the shit out of him. And I liked his therapist and I can't remember her name, but shout out to her. See, the thing is, Bridget Kelly also had a black woman therapist, completely different woman, but she also brought the pain. Shout out to black women in therapy. I'm, I hope to one day become one of you. I hope to one day go back to school for that. But... You, these black women both had these productive conversations, these healing conversations on the podcast from the women. I gathered that they were emotionally upset, that they felt like they were a part of an environment where another black woman wasn't protected. And they also had this sense of like, shit, do I rock with my girl, particularly Bridget felt like, do I rock with my girl? Like not necessarily like, how should I feel about working here now after my girl that I brought here left under sexual harassment charges? And I'm there for the harassment. Like I heard it. He did harass her. How do I process that? And even though for me, because I have a relationship with Joe, that's how Joe plays is what how she said. I have a relationship and they both said they have a relationship and that's how he is, especially when he saw us. They could tolerate it. That was something that was in the threshold that they were willing to accept from him. And they thought it would make good content to, to have a drunken conversation with him. But they didn't realize that because she didn't have that personal connection, that it was so detrimental to her, that it would affect her in that way. And that it would ultimately cause her to leave, especially in a conversation where she is having a conversation because she felt like she wasn't being heard and then y'all told Joe and now she's being forced to on camera address issues as well. I think that's also an issue. So ultimately Joe needs HR, Joe needs sensitivity training, Joe needs to have a, a thousand buffers between him and people that he's working for, particularly women, because he 
himself will put his own foot in his mouth. I think his past has proven is that he sometimes can be a bit sporadic or irrational or impulsive is the word I want to use. Impulsive. He can be a bit impulsive and he sometimes makes decisions based on gut and he should probably think more with his head. Um, what are your thoughts on the Olivia Dope situation, girl? And this additional information on top of the Rory and Ma fallout? Ugh, girl. Um, that, that, was a, that was a lot. Um, oh girl it's just it's just hard because we as women have all been in that situ situation and you know I think sometimes it's easy to say you should have you should say something but we know we know that experience of feeling like you can't say say anything because saying something the labor of saying something the labor of having people think that something is wrong with you for saying something and then the emotions that you go through because now you're the crazy woman or you're the you're you're the too sensitive one or you you're the overly sensitive one and then the comp the the real um consequences for speaking out um the being fired the being the social alienation and isolation so i don't know i just really i hate that she had to go through that i, I hate that she had to have that experience i hate that there were other women in the room that didn't um that weren't able to intervene and even or even even if the women couldn't do it the other men in the room they weren't able to um intervene and say yo that's not cool you know what? It's great that you point that out because shout out to Parks. That's why I said the Parks have Parks is this really, really tall, um, really, really tall white boy. He's like, he's just, he, 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 he is just so cool. His vibe is just so cool. And like, he's kind of like Joe's conscience, but he was the first guy to apologize for not feeling like he's, he, he did. So now he was the only guy that reached out to her and, and, and told her whatever you want taken out will be taken out. And I'm sorry that happened to you. He apologized to her in the moment, but he also, in that moment when, 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 when it brought back up and they did the response, he apologized to her again. And I liked the idea and the way he framed his apology in the, you didn't have to, you don't, you shouldn't have had to tell me that something was wrong hearing that I should have in the moment been like, hey, let's let's move on. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what being an ally is. It's not always after the fact um, saying something and apologizing on, on somebody else's behalf. It's in the moment. And he realized that he did not necessarily step up the way he could have in the moment. And he apologized. So shout out to Parks. What were you about to say? Yeah, I don't, like, thinking about it, it's making me sad. It's, 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 it's making me sad that um, that had to happen and I don't know like the I think the the therapies piece is a good part but I'm all about change behavior like what like what steps are you going to make going forward because it's not because it, for me it's not enough for him to just be apart from what like how do we know that you really change if we can't see how your interactions with women will evolve going forward in the future. Like, nigga, I need to see it. Like, I want, like, I want to see you practice and learn if this is, if this is something that's um, important to you. But it's a, 
but again, I think once the the sexual harassment allegations came out, his whole candor and his whole tone about everything that was going on, it should it was an instant shift. So at least he's able to do some um, self reflection about um, what like what is really going on because. If you, like Noche, if you are the one, if you built this house, then you have the power to really um, create harmony in this house. Mm-hmm. And, so, and sometimes you just have, sometimes you might have to fall on the sword to create that harm. It, it, it comes, it's the cause. It, it comes, it comes with the title. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to fall on the sword, um, suck up your ego. And also being a, a, a content creator in this space, it's a privilege to be in a space. Just as quick as you amass it and you build your following, it can be taken away. So don't ever take that for granted. Don't this take like that. A, I was going to say, this is like a case study in the rise and fall of the number one podcast. Like to be that person that's, because before Joe Rogan and these other people were getting these big, big deals, Joe was the first kind of like podcast that everybody was watching. Like podcast, Spotify had gave him this deal that was a bit revolutionary and everybody was kind of watching. And it was only after Joe got his podcast that Michelle Obama and all these other people and all these, uh, Joe Rogan and um, all these other people started getting their multi, multi, multi million dollar big deals. And their deals were significantly bigger than Joe's. And I respect what it took must have been like to be the first at something. So I, I do want to say, I want to acknowledge Joe in this moment for being someone that I think is a great view picker of talent because it takes a lot for somebody to have friends, but out of your friends, you select not just one or two set of friends, but multiple groups of friends that weren't friends before and put them all together and it works. That is a gift. He also has a, a, a gift for empowering men. And he is, uh, and speaking to men on men's issues in a way that's interesting. And as the fact that I'm, there are a lot of women listeners, he does do a good job of kind of playfully acknowledging that the shit he says is bullshit, even as he's saying it. And because of that awareness, I think a lot of people were able to take a blind, turn a blind eye to some of the toxicity that we saw as well, because we thought it was tongue in cheek. What, I, what is scary for me and the way he did Olivia is that maybe it's not tongue in cheek. Maybe you are the, and, 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 and I don't think anybody doubted that you have, that you are a narcissist. I believe you said it yourself. I don't think anyone doubt that you sometimes can be gruff and not be the best communicator with people that you love. We also know you can be impatient. We, you, you listed all of these things. I want you to know, and I think what I'm taking in, and I'm speaking to Joe and and, and anyone out there that might be a Joe who is someone in power, you have to actually give a fuck about the people around you beyond their capacity to make you money. Mm. You have to care about people and the humanity that they are. You are nothing, particularly in the content game, particularly in this world, in, in any part of the world, regardless, even if you are a painter that paints and then you just, you in the canvas, you got to sell it to somebody and somebody got to put the shit in their gallery for people to know about it. So you are collaborating with people. I don't give a fuck what you do. You have to remember humanity and the humanity in others, because ultimately what happened here 
is Joe got to the point where the zeros and the dollars were beginning to make sense. And he began to lose the sense of purpose in keeping the, of the friendships. I do believe that the two are separate, which is why I separated them when I talked about it. Rory and Maul was a French, was a friendship and maybe in Maul and Joe's case, maybe a friendship that lasted maybe too maybe maybe that was already transitioning away from a close friendship and then became a business. And with Rory, it was a new friendship that then became a business. So I feel like it was a both part, everybody coming into that situation with a different definition of what friendship was, with a different definition of what business was, with a different understanding on what roles and responsibilities were. And ultimately, because it was a found, it was a shitty foundation, it inevitably fell apart. That is still a failing on Joe. So shout out to Joe for acknowledging, because he's been getting shit from Kevin Hart. He's been giving shit from all these people and the, like other men saying that he failed as a leader. And initially he said he was very angry. And he said he was going to get on the podcast and read. And he said he did some self-reflection, which his therapist has been getting on him about. And he was able to see outside of his emotion in the moment that he was that these people were right he did fail his team he did fail um the olivia dope he did fail rory and maul and i do believe i see how like you said how he there was a bit of humble that came over him i honestly believe that you got to see a man go through something realize that he didn't handle it the right way try to fix it then some new shit happened realize that you fucked all the way up a long time ago and that you was giving grace all this time and now he's trying to write that wrong and in the in a perfect world fuck him forever we could just move on we could just move on we could find someone else but as black people in media in the world period we don't have the luxury of discarding each other so casually in my opinion I do believe that there are things and offenses that are warrant um, that warrant complete cancellation. I think that this case study with Joe Budden, particularly on the sexual harassment side, is a lesson to men. He, this can be a teachable moment. This can be something that I feel like could have some restorative justice. He can right this wrong, and I would like to give see him have that opportunity. And I know we live in a world where people just want to say no, fuck you. But I do believe that Joe does represent our fathers, our cousins, our problematic ass boyfriends and the trade. He represents all of the men around us that maybe were taught fucked up in toxic ways and given fucked up tools to use and don't know how to talk to women and maybe are really just not the greatest human being because they haven't been expected to be more, but because of life, they're being forced to be exposed to new shit, which is why I don't get offended usually. If you, unless you're outright disrespectful to me, I don't get offended usually the first time I have to check someone about having an issue with, or having a, check someone about stepping on my toes about my transness. I don't get offended. We can come back from this. You didn't prepare to see a transsexual tonight. I'm not going to hold it against you that you had an awkward moment just now, but let's move on. 
the same way I'm get that same energy, that grace that I feel like I have to extend to everybody, including my daddy and other men in my life. I'm extending to Joe as well, because I know this man more than just knowing him like like knowing him as Joe Budden and knowing having his very public life being available for me to look at. I feel like I know him because I can relate to that nigga. I, 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 we are, I mean, I keep encountering that man and whether I like him or not, I need to figure him the fuck out and figure out how I can best reach that man to help him evolve. And I do see Joe evolving and I do believe he's bringing men with him. What are your thoughts, sis? No, I don't, I don't think Joe is disposable. I definitely think that this is a learning moment for him. Um, I am, look, every day I'm learning like how much he is a trailblazer in the podcasting world, like how he is a, a figurehead in that, that world. And I don't know, I just, Again, I I just want to see um, change behavior, and from what you said, I think he has the he has the the access and the resources to the right people that we can see that those things happen. Um, but again, I I feel like there is a learning experience not just for Joe, but for all of us, for all of us that are in this industry, for all of us that have businesses. For all of us that want to defy the odds or be somebody and have something that wants that come, you know, take nothing and turn it into something that there are still lessons to be learned on this journey. And um, I'm 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 invested in all black men um, evolving, um, reckoning with their past, being accountable for the harm that they do, so that they can become better. Um, so, I, you know, I do, and all of them niggas is going to end up, once they have a conversation about it, they're going to be friends at some point because they, they men, they're yeah, fucking married. And, and nothing really happened at the end of the day. Right. They're go, like, they're going <clears> to <throat> be, they're going to be friends, they're going to be friends again. And he might get rid of the ones he got there now and bring them back or make it like, they're going to be there again. This, this is. Once they have the conversation, they're going to be friends again. Is there anything you would like to say to the women out there like the Olivia Dope that may find themselves in a work situation or a friend situation or a family situation where they feel uncomfortable? And I know you can speak to this particular situation. I mean, well, I feel like she did exactly what she was supposed to. She did. Because I've been the girl that has had to remove myself from situations because I didn't feel comfortable. And when I felt, when the time was appropriate to explain my side of things, I did it. And some, and some, again, the burden shouldn't be on Olivia to do anything. She didn't even have to give that video. The burden should be on the, the people with privilege and power and access. In this instance, it was Joe Budden to um, apologize for what he did and to atone for, for for his behavior and his actions to other women in his life or other women that he'll come across. Not necessarily to her, um, her decision to have a relationship that solely lies with Olivia, but I think she did, she, she did, she, she did the best that she could given the, the dynamics of the situation that existed at that particular time. I completely a thousand percent agree. And I, I believe that no matter what method a woman chooses to eventually get to to tell her truth, it is valid. 
and the method does not fucking matter because it is it is individual and we as people are as individualist snowflakes so what may, what would make you think somebody would emotionally process the same in as in a pattern so for those of you out there who like to pay internet salutes for those of you who think that you are a private investigator for those of you who have um google internet degrees and in, in, in forensic psychology or and and you're also a lawyer please no you do not have the ability to tell nobody how they process and when they should be telling in a lot of these narratives what i'm seeing with this olivia dope situation and what i'm seeing in a lot of these stories is that people will come and say well why didn't she say something well, why didn't she say all these people checked in? She lying. Just because I'm not ready to tell my truth doesn't mean that what, uh, what happened to me didn't happen. And it doesn't diminish what happened that I waited to tell my truth. Everybody is impacted by trauma at different weight, differently and in different rates. And I want to combat that narrative because we can sometimes, ladies, for my grown black trans women out there, we can sometimes gaslight ourselves. We can sometimes gate and um, um, be gatekeepers to ourselves and actually be feel bad because you don't want to, quote unquote, take down a black man or you don't want to, quote unquote, say something that can make people uncomfortable or upset the apple cart or even, even something as simple as, because in the Olivia Dope situation, it's her saying, well, because I mean, she said in the moment, and even from what I heard, she did the best she could in the moment to communicate to him that she wasn't feeling it. He just was drunk and not listening. But on the flip side, if you're in a situation, period, even as a trans woman, where somebody is saying something, making you feel uncomfortable, misgendering you, whatever, you don't have to feel compelled to sit in it. Even if you don't want to feel like in that moment that you want to cause a scene at the family reunion or the funeral because Big Mama's calling you he this entire time and dead naming you and you're Malcolm this whole weekend and you're fucked up about that and that's not what you were trying to do. Even if in that moment, if that were, even in that moment, if that's what you were going through, you did not want to share or be boisterous when you get home and when you process, if it's a month later, if it's a year later, it is still important and it is still necessary that you address it, that you speak your truth, that you take whatever you need to do to get to your path to healing. Even if it's not addressing it, that's fine too. Because I also don't want the girls that don't feel like they can talk about it to feel bad. Sometimes it's not for everybody and everybody's not a girl that wants to do a video. So Olivia Dope, thank you. But everybody shouldn't have to do an Olivia Dope video to be believed. And that's the world we live in today. And I want to just come against that. This episode has been wonderful, guys. And this is, I don't want to talk too, too much longer on this topic, but I want to say thank you, though, sis, before I go or, or before I end this conversation, I want to say thank you in particular for being the kind of business partner and friend where I feel like I, you're going to talk to me. We're going to have conversations. You have the emotional intelligence to know that every breakdown is, yeah, every breakdown is not a breakup, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have a breakdown in a moment, but it's not a breakup. And in my life, 
I feel like I have not been around enough people that know how to troubleshoot and have conflict resolution. And so I just want to acknowledge you in this moment and say thank you, thank you, thank you for being the kind of woman that I feel like is intentional in how she talks to people. Because I am that way as well. And for me, the fastest way for a collaboration to fall apart for me is for me to feel like there's disrespect in the way we discuss things and the way we talk. And I have never felt, and this is powerful because we've done this now for over a year. I have never felt like you on purpose were ever trying to talk to me or, or talk down to me in a way that was disrespectful. And that is so powerful because if, if in, in particularly in a podcast dynamic, if, if the vibe ain't there, nobody wants to tune in and, and, and it's disrespectful to our patrons and other people to bring something that's disingenuous and we would have to stop. So right. thank God that you love and respect me and that our friendship, I feel like, is just as strong as it was before. And and what do you and what what are your thoughts, sis? Oh, thank you. I was I was not expecting that. No, I I feel I feel the same way. I, I don't know. It it baffles me that they could like do podcasts together and the behind the scenes is not there was tension behind the scenes because us doing this, if something is going on between us, we don't record. We sit, we talk it out and be like, you know what, girl, let's record another day because I don't want to put that energy out into the universe because it's not real. Like I don't ever want to get on on mic or on the camera and we're we we're we're not we're not in tune we're not connected that day like people pick up on that people are going to know and i just i i, I don't know i just feel be, i am responsible i feel responsible to if if we're selling our friendship that we are we, that our friendship what we are putting out there is real it's the real moments of our friendship it's the real um um, moments of our sisterhood and I, I don't know you can't think that the audience is stupid and they don't pick up on stuff they do they do and you just I don't know I just I don't I don't know I just can't I just can't get I guess when money is when you're making that money already is different but for me it's I just I can't I can't come on can't like I'm not gonna feel comfortable to just even sit up in this chair and just be on camera if I if something is it don't feel right. Um, so I'm I'm just glad that I'm with somebody, um, you that we are more invested in the friendship and the energy of the friendship and that the business is secondary today. And I think that's the key difference. So people say you can't do friendship with business. I will, I will challenge that notion and say, you can do friendship with business as long as you understand that the priority, the bedrock of it all is the friendship. If you are ensuring, because if I am your friend, then it's not just that I am working with you. I'm also concerned about your well-being. So even in a miscommunication, even in a conversation on money, even in a way that we engage each other, we have enough years of friendship in that I'm still concerned about how I'm showing up because, oh, because regardless, I can't, you know how you can have a bad day at work and be snappy to your coworker? Well, you can't, mm -hmm. do that. you can't do that in a friendship, not with people that you want to keep fucking with you. You can't continue right. to be nasty to them. So 
when you when you and that's and Brianna and I also like you said are intentional on even when if our vibe is not right together, but also if our vibe is I guess I want to say or if, if if you're tired or if you're exhausted or if you're frustrated or if I'm tired or if I got a lot going on, we'll pop we'll postpone the episode. We do we are intentional that what we're giving you is at least refreshed content. You can't talk for hours and it be bullshit. And what I'm glad about Joe and what I'm glad about these, uh, the see the thing is, is that the stuff is still not bullshit, even though there have been changes. The new guys are fitting in just fine. There is a way that that business model could work. Hopefully we do again. Very rarely, Joe, does the, do very rarely, Joe, do people get this many opportunities though. Cherish this new opportunity with these new ice and ish. Try to make sure you do them a little bit better than you did Roy and Mom. Not let not worse because you now have a better bargaining point with them. Treat them better. Show the world that what Maul and Roy then were trying to accuse you of is a lie. Because I genuinely believe, and that's ultimately why I still root for him. I believe, Joe, that you're a good person. I don't know why I believe it, but I do believe it. I've observed you enough over years now to say that you genuinely are a good person and you actually kind of low-key have defended the girls. I have heard listen to many black podcasts, even black women's podcasts that don't talk about trans murders, and he does, as in the past. He also has addressed um, trans lives in a way that, and, and, and talking about living and let living and all that. So he is in bringing to his listeners a very common, uneducated way of discussing transness, but he is discussing it in a way that isn't, ill that's gross and i i have to respect that I, that's really why he that's how he wanted me real girl when i realized he didn't hate the girls i was like oh well okay <laughs> well take us out of here girl thank you guys for listening to my joe rant i won't do too many more of these this will probably be the one and only because it's just a, I, you know i'm sure it's not too many of you that are that deeply invested in what he has to offer but I put it in the ethos. I put it in the world. I vented. Thank you for that moment, Brianna. Thank you guys for listening. If you're for those of you who are on our patrons on Patreon, thank you for 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 appreciating this shirt that I have on today. <laughs> um, I'm very happy that I bought it. Now I guess it's a vintage piece. We I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll be worth something. I should probably put it up. But thank you. Thank you one and all. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And I'm one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content and also don't forget to follow us on our social media on our instagram twitter and facebook pages and also become a subscriber on our youtube page until next time bye, bye.